The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Winter, spring, summer, fall. It doesn't matter what the calendar says. It's always baseball season and time for talking about your Minnesota Twins. This is the Twins Hot Stove Show, keeping you connected with your team with the latest news, moves, interviews, and more. We have the bases covered. Now, here is your host of the Twins Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Hot Stove Show. Chris Atterbury with you from our network headquarters here at Target Field, and we have a big show for you tonight. And all the activity, of course, is going on down in the sunshine of Fort Myers. And we'll be down there momentarily to join the newest twin, and that's Jake Odorizzi. Also going to hear from Derek Falvey about the addition, not only of Jake Odorizzi, but also Anibal Sanchez, who officially joined the Twins yesterday to this Twins camp and to this Twins pitching staff. A lot going on in and around baseball, pitching-related as well, and we'll have the gentleman weigh in on that, uh, and uh, we'll let you know exactly where and when and how you can get tickets to come watch Jake and the Twins all season long, including some still remaining for opening day. Now, you can podcast us here. We are now podcastable. You can join us on Facebook Live and, of course, all across the five-state region across our uh, Treasure Island Baseball Network. With no further ado, let's get you down to the clubhouse in Fort Myers and welcome to Twins Territory, the newest member of the Twins rotation. That is Jake Odorizzi. And, Jake, first and foremost, last time I saw you last September, six and two-thirds innings, one hit, no run, six strikeouts. It's a day I've I've been trying to forget, but now that you're wearing Twins colors, I guess it's a day I hope to see a whole lot of repeats of. Absolutely, and I hope to be able to, you know, fulfill those uh, fulfill those dreams. But uh, it's uh, it's great to be here in Minnesota. Um, I'm I'm thrilled to be part of this organization, and it's at the right time too. The uh, with the, what they did last year, making it to the the postseason, I think it's a good a uh, good lead into this year, and everyone's looking forward to getting back there. Now going back to that day, you were dominant, and you had everything working. Tons of first pitch strikes, and that was indicative of how you threw really all of the back half of 2017. What clicked in? Was there a moment where things just clicked in for you because you were a dominant pitcher over the course of that last stretch of the season? Yeah, I just uh, uh, I got healthy, really. I pitched the first half just with some lingering back issues. I took some time off at the end of July, beginning of, of August, and uh, really got things in order. And once I uh, came off the DL, I was uh, you know, kind of back to my normal self and being able to command the ball and do things that I wanted to do as opposed to fighting it in the first half. So it just all boiled down to health. And, you know, I feel great going into this camp, too. So I'm looking forward to, you know, hopefully having a good, healthy year. Well, the only hit you gave up was to Joe Maurer. Surprise, surprise. And you and Anibal Sanchez, uh, the other newest member of the club, you share that. He broke up one of Sanchez's no-hitters uh, a couple of years ago as well. So he, you're, you're in a fine company. That's one of, like, I think five one-hitters in which Joe has had the only knock. Uh, so uh, you're certainly not alone in that regard. Now, you mentioned health, and that is obviously key for any player. But also for you, you throw a ton of pitches. And how important is it for you to be healthy now so that you can get a feel for all of your offerings uh, when it's time to uh, start keeping score for real? It, it's it's a big deal. Um, as spring training goes on, I start phasing in. You know, more of them start working on them in you know, game, as, uh, game atmospheres. And uh, early on when you only have, you know, a limited number of pitches to work with, you can't exactly throw all of your pitches and expect to, you know, get results. So, once the outings get longer, I start implementing more and, you know, using them as I as I progress. So it's really important to, you know, get here, stay healthy through your spring training and obviously into the season as well. But you have to get that build-up period in spring training that we all need. So uh, it's important to, uh, you know, to get your work in and phase it in over time. 
For folks who haven't seen you pitch a ton up here, what what do you throw? What do you feature? What do you consider your go-to pitch when you need an out? Um, shoot, I mean, whatever the circumstances call for, really, I, I have some. I have a lot of confidence in uh, majority of my offerings. So um, it just kind of dictates what the hitter's doing. You know how things are going that day on any given basis. So uh, you know, some days. Um, one pitch is better than the other, and, you know, the same goes true with other pitches. So it's really just, uh, you know, um, how I feel that sort of day and what's working well. Jake Odorizzi is our guest, newest member of the Twins rotation, acquired for Jermaine Palacios from the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Garvin Alston obviously is new in his role here with the Twins as well. Been a bit of a crash course for the two of you. And, and then throw the catchers in there as well because obviously your relationship with Castro, Garver, and the like is going to be critical. Yeah, it's in the you know the biggest relationship is pitcher-catcher when you're when you're a new guy. So um, I've had a chance to throw to, to Castro already in a bullpen. I'm sure we're probably going to be working a lot together over these next you know couple weeks just so we can get as acclimated as we can. But, you know, we need game reps. To, to go through and really, you know, get a feel for what's going on. And, um, you know, having him having faced me, he's kind of, you know, he kind of knows my uh, my repertoire, I guess you would say. But we just need to get on that same rapport of, you know, situations and, you know, reading each other. So it's important. And then, you know, the relationship I have with Garvin is the same way. You know, we need to, you know, be on the same page and he'll know how to, you know, get me right once if something gets out of whack. But it's just, you know, it takes time. And that's, uh, that's what spring's all about. Uh, historically, you're a guy who gets a lot of fly balls, fly ball pitcher, and you had one of the best in the game in Kevin Kiermeyer tracking him down for you in Tampa. And now you look around, you see Byron Buxton in center field, not to mention Eddie in one corner and Max on the other. That's pretty good living for a fly ball pitcher. Absolutely. Uh, you know, they have a great, great defensive outfield and infield as well here. So, I mean, it's, a, it's very good, you know, as a pitcher when you you have that great of a defense behind you. Uh, but, yeah, going from – Going from KK to, to Buck is, you know, it's just a direct parallel, really. I mean, both phenomenal top two in the league of, you know, defensive center fielders. And it's uh, it's a pretty lucky thing to go from, you know, one to the next. So I'm really fortunate that I'm really, you know, looking forward to, uh, to throwing in front of these guys and hopefully get them some action, keep them in the game and, you know, just let them do their thing. Now, baseball becomes such a small world, and so often you come into a clubhouse and, you know, I played against this guy, or we played summer ball, or we have something in common. Uh, obviously, the Twins have faced you. You faced them through the years. But did you have guys, are there guys inside that clubhouse that you have connections with dating back to, to prior seasons or experiences? Um, um, no, not not really. Um, we have one uh, in camp right now, Bobby Wilson, um, going for the backup catcher role. He was my catcher in uh, in Tampa. So, you know, I'm familiarity here. And then new bench coach Derek Shelton and oh, I yeah. go way back to our Tampa days as well. So I got to try to keep him in check. <laughs> That's a big job. He needs to show me the ropes at the same time. So it's going to be a little give and take. You're going to be able to warn the rest of us about Derek Shelton. That's the thing. That's going to be a critical role for you. <laughs> Uh, he likes to have fun, and he is uh, was our guest, of course, last week in uh, running the camp there uh, in Fort Myers. A lot of talk this week, Jake, about the pace of play initiatives that have been brought ab- aboard, I guess, by Major League Baseball, uh, and and there is changing in mound visits. You can't have this many. You can have this many. Uh, what is your take on that? Uh, my personally, I, I feel like when games are competitive and guys throw strikes and umpires call strikes, uh, more importantly or as importantly, the games are competitive and nobody complains. It seems like it gets a little out of whack when it's ball one, ball two more than anything else. Yeah, I don't think 
I'm not in favor of the changes that they implemented. Um, I think the mound visits is altering, you know, the fabric of the game. You know, you need those visits at certain points in the game, especially late in games where you're trying to, you know, close out a game. That's the most important part. I don't think fans are going to be, you know, if it saves one to two minutes off of a game because you didn't go and talk that day, fans aren't going to care. You know, it's, you know, the 10, 15-minute range where it would start making uh, – you know, making sense, but obviously that's a huge, a huge difference. But you know, one to two minutes that it might save compared to you know, saving. If my my thought on that is, if it's a, a new guy coming out of the bullpen, whatever it is, you know, there's a lot of hard throwers in the game nowadays, and uh, if you're not on the same page as your catcher and you can't go out and talk to him, you know, if you think something soft's coming, you get hit with a hundred mile an hour fastball, you know, in the chest or you know, catchy in the mask or whatever it is, it becomes a it becomes a health issue, and I know that's a um, a rare circumstance, but it's possible. And when you're not allowed to go talk because that's a visit, and you're out, you might be out of visits. You know, it's uh, it's like I said, it's just altering the game in a way that it sh- it shouldn't be done, in my personal opinion. I'd much rather have just an in between pitch clock because it doesn't really change the game. You just get the ball, throw the ball. You know, it's it's not like you're you're changing the the rules like this is could not agree more i mean we have the best players in the world you want them to throw the right pitch in the right circumstance that's someone's living that you're talking about and now uh we're gonna we're gonna finagle with that seems a bit eyewash uh from my perspective uh, final question for you and this is the real serious stuff for folks here in minnesota uh who are delighted no doubt to have a big hockey fan on board now you grew up uh, i believe in the st louis area we're not going to talk about your favorite team as a kid here because we don't want to get people fired up too much <laughs> before you make your twins home debut but but you are a hockey guy were you a hockey player uh just some pond hockey when i was younger never um <laughs> never on an actual team or a league i was busy uh playing basketball football baseball and just running around doing all that that kept me pretty busy i didn't have time to squeeze it in but we had my friends uh, one of my friends had a, a hockey like a makeshift rink um in the winter time so we were able to have fun on that but uh yeah we've always uh, enjoyed hockey like i said growing up and now living in tampa we get to go to a lot of lightning games and uh come to love them over the years so you know they're they're our team now as opposed to the team you didn't want to talk about <laughs> right when you said my friend had a rink on the pond. You immediately, people were racing to buy Odorizzi jerseys here in Minnesota <laughs> because I think you just endeared yourself to pretty much all of uh, Twins territory. I can put it over the top for you, too. My son loves hockey. He plays hockey in the house. Uh, we have to set the net in front of the TV. So <laughs> nice. when we're watching the game on TV, he can act it out and shoot at the net and celebrate his own special way. So. That'll uh, that'll even put the icing on the cake for everyone up there. Now there's gonna be a hot recruiting battle for two-year-old Rhett <laughs> to try to uh, figure out where they're gonna get him on skates. Jake, it's great to have you in the fold. A welcome addition to Twins territory. We look forward to you getting those game reps uh, and watching you make that Twins debut here in 2018. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it. All right, that's Jake Odorizzi. Great addition to the Twins clubhouse and with what he can do on the field. He's got uh, some moving to do. It's been a chaotic week. We've got some moving on to do as well. We'll take a break. We'll come back and listen to Derek Falvey mispronounce Jake's name next on the Hot Stove Show on your home for Twins baseball. This is the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back to the Twins Hot Stove Show. Great to meet Jake Odorizzi. 
And, of course, pitching has been the topic all offseason for the Minnesota Twins and their brain trust led by Derek Falvey. Well, we broadcast live tonight here from our network headquarters at Target Field. Derek Falvey and his team, of course, at the CenturyLink Sports Complex in southwest Florida. But we did catch up with him earlier today and talk about that ongoing pursuit of pitching in the starter and reliever roles and uh, some of his recent acquisitions. Here's Derek. When you go through an offseason, uh, there's a number of players, you know, whether reported or not, that, that you're in on uh, and you get really close with. I think when we look at this offseason, we think about what we've done so far with our pitching. And it requires six major league pitchers in one offseason. is pretty significant, I mean, starting with Fernando Rodney and then bringing in a guy like Zach Duke. And then Addison Reed comes along and you get Michael Pineda on a, a two-year deal with a little bit of an eye toward the future. And we certainly felt like we addressed some needs, uh, but then to be able to then later get a trade done to acquire a starter of the caliber of Jake Odorizzi and, and bring in a potential bounce-back candidate in Anibal Sanchez. We're, we're excited about the potential across the board. Now, we'll get to Anibal Sanchez just a little bit later in the segment, but first and foremost, you're looking to beef up the rotation. Santana already injured. Where exactly does Derek C. Odorizzi fitting in that starting five? I think that's one for Paul uh, in terms of where he wants to line him up, but you know, Jake Odorizzi's performance over the last three to four years in a tough American League East would indicate to me he's going to pitch somewhere near the front end of our rotation. Now, you don't have to be a baseball expert or be neck deep in analytic data to figure out that Odorizzi fits towards the front end of the Twins rotation. That being said, a lot goes into acquiring a player. You have to project where you think he'll be, what he's done, and you look at a whole lot of factors. Now, Josh Kalk did that for the Tampa Bay Rays for a long time. Obviously quite familiar with Jake Odorizzi and many, many others. He is now a member of the Minnesota Twins front office, and his input certainly factored into the decision to trade for Odorizzi as well as the reclamation project that is Anibal Sanchez. But it certainly wasn't only Kalk's knowledge and inside knowledge at that that had the Twins leaning towards making a deal for Jake. Josh is certainly very familiar with him from his time in Tampa. Uh, Jake Odorizzi's interest with us had gone well back before we had hired Josh. So uh, going back to last offseason and even early this fall before Josh came on board, his insight and otherwise really served to back up and confirm what we felt about Jake. And uh, I can tell you he's excited to be here. We're excited to have him. Now Odorizzi has been a workhorse through the years with Tampa Bay, and he's a guy under control for a couple of years, still fairly young, still fairly healthy. He is, however, a noted fly ball pitcher. Then again, he's got some pretty good guys wearing gloves in the outfield behind him at Target Field. Certainly. I mean, we feel we have the, you know, we would argue the best outfield in the game. I mean, led by Buck in center and those two guys in the corners who could be center fielders in their own right. I think that this will only help someone like Jake, who's a little bit more fly ball oriented, uh, to have that kind of defense behind him will, will allow for some, uh, some increased uh, opportunity. Now, speaking of opportunity, let's turn our attention to Anibal Sanchez. Sanchez, like Odorizzi, has been bitten by the home run bug in years past. 30 home runs allowed last year for Odorizzi amongst league leaders. Sanchez has, in fact, led the league in that department. He's also, again, led the league in strikeouts. The two also, as we mentioned with Jake, share another common thread. They both have had no hitters broken up by Joe Mauer. Now, Sanchez, tough year last year, and the Twins were awfully hard on him as part of his tough year, back and forth between the bullpen, uh, the minor leagues even, and the rotation for the Tigers. The Twins, though, well, they gave up nothing to get him. It's a low-risk opportunity. Derek Falvey certainly sees uh, a little bit of upside in uh, what Sanchez can bring to the table. You know, Anibal is somebody who we, we signed him to a, a, a contract that's non-guaranteed, so uh, he does 
does still compete to make the team. Uh, it's not necessarily a guarantee that he's on the club to start the year. So uh, we felt like we identified some things around his pitches and how he uses his mix that uh, may, may prove an opportunity. He's a guy who still strikes guys out at an above-average rate in the American League. Uh, doesn't walk anybody. He's certainly given up his fair share of home runs and had some contact management issues. But we feel like with, a, with maybe a fresh look at some opportunity, this guy was a pretty successful starter there for a while in the American League, and we feel there's some bounce-back potential. So, again, really no risk for the Minnesota Twins as far as the Sanchez transaction is concerned, but they do see some upside in Anibal Sanchez, a guy we've seen have great success against the Twins in years past as well as against the rest of the league. And for the price of Jermaine Palacios, Jake Odorizzi, a guy the Twins figure to be a fixture in their rotation this year and moving forward. That's Derek Falvey. Appreciate his time joining us from Fort Myers, Florida. Appreciate your time joining us on the Hot Stove Show tonight. Do stay with us. We've got more still to come right here on your home for Twin Facebook. Welcome back to the Hot Stove Show. Chris Atterbury with you. I'm our network headquarters here at Target Field. Remember, we are now podcastable wherever you go to pick up uh, your finest podcast. Well, that's where you'll find us. And we also encourage you to, uh, of course, uh, follow us on Facebook Live and all across the Treasure Island baseball network also encourage you to join us this year at target field opening day tickets are still on sale the first 30,000 fans through the door will receive a twins hoodie with you know these great sweatshirts the past couple of years twins hoodie for the first 30,000 on opening day that's courtesy of your local northland ford dealers they come in adult medium and xl sizes so come on out pick up your hoodie and enjoy the home opener again that's uh, opening day tickets here at target field on sale now, the first 30,000 fans going to get that Twins hoodie sweatshirt. And, again, uh, you can get season tickets and other single-game tickets while you're shopping. So uh, I encourage you, obviously, to get a season ticket. Uh, but if uh, that's not quite in your budget or that's not uh, quite uh, in your lifestyle, doesn't fit real well, single-game tickets, you can watch your favorite team, your favorite player all season long uh, here at Target Field. So we encourage you, obviously, to go online and be a part of that ticket still on sale uh, for the opening day uh, home opener uh, here for the, the Minnesota Twins and obviously for single games throughout the course of the year. You can kind of plot your course. If season tickets aren't your thing, you can kind of plot your course through the season, figure out the players, the matchups, the series that you want to be a part of and come out and enjoy Major League Baseball and hopefully championship baseball at beautiful Target Field this summer so that's what's going on as far as tickets you can uh, join us in person uh, throughout the course uh, of the season here at target field and again twinsbaseball.com is the best way for you to go about doing that now the best way to keep track of things up until the twins play their first game uh, at target field is obviously with us right here across our network and we've got much more still to come here today i'm going to take you on a little uh trip down memory lane for my family as it relates to baseball bittersweet uh baseball season uh for us though heavier on the suite and uh we'll also uh, revisit some of the topics of the day including our chats with jake odorizzi and Derek falvey it's all straight ahead it's the twins hot stove show and it's all right here and home for Twins Baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Chris Atterbury welcoming you back one final time here on the Twins Hot Stove Show. A reminder, games get underway tomorrow. Minnesota Twins taking on the Minnesota Golden Gophers. John Anderson, of course, a classmate of Paul Molitor's back in the day, uh, and it should be a whole lot of fun as we finally get some game action at Hammond Stadium. Finally get some work out of Danny and Corey as well. We'll have the call for you right here across our network. Going to be a whole lot of fun, and again, the start of what's going to be a very fun spring and summer 
all across Twins territory and hopefully a fun fall as well. Do want to thank Derek Falvey for joining us. Jake Odorizzi was here as well uh, as uh, we talk a little bit about the augmentation of the Twins pitching staff. Everyone wondering what they're going to do to uh, add to that rotation. Well, they added Odorizzi and uh, Sanchez, a, a low-risk, high-reward potential uh, there as he will have a chance to make this club this spring as well. Now, normally we wrap things up with three cuts. We're going to do something a little bit differently today. Spring training is a time when people always talk about renewal and the power of baseball and what baseball can do for for families and and for people uh, uh, who look at it almost like a a religion of sorts. And again, renewal is kind of the spring across, uh, or the theme, I should say, all across spring. Well, uh, for me, I want to share with you a very personal baseball story. I was back home in Montana over the weekend and had a chance to spend a day with uh, my grandmother, who was uh, over 100 years old, born in 1917, born on a homestead, no electricity, uh, used to sleep in her bassinet with rattlesnakes wrapped around her on the porch, uh, wanted to play the piano, didn't have a piano, so they, they, they just took a board, a 2 by 6 and painted keys on it. That's how she learned to play the piano. Eventually, they got electricity, they got plumbing, and eventually she supported her family, in fact, by playing the piano professionally. She was that kind of lady. Well, she passed away on Saturday, and it was a great end, frankly, 100 years of age, no pain, uh, peaceful passing with her family by her side. But as I remember my grandmother, I'm reminded of what baseball can mean. Now, Grandma came, as I said, from a homestead, a, a strict ranching family. I had no idea growing up with her that, that she knew or cared anything about baseball. But when she was 87 years of age and she was moving from her home uh, in, in eastern Washington to Montana to be close to my folks, uh, we found in her apartment all these little pieces of paper, these crib notes. It was her own score sheets. She would listen to and watch the Seattle Mariners, and she would keep score of every single game. And little did we know that she was doing this for literally every game all season long after my grandfather had passed away. Well, fast forward. She's 92 years of age, and my wife and I have our first daughter here. It's 2009. I've been with the Twins a couple of years, and I say, hey, you should come out and meet your great-granddaughter. I'm 92. Fiddle-faddle. I can't get on a plane. No chance. Well, Grandma, the Mariners are going to be in town. What do you think about that? Well, I just might be able to make it. It's a direct flight, right? Long story short, she ends up coming out. Not to visit her great-granddaughter, though. She got to do that as well. But because of the power of baseball, had never seen a game in person. And as she sat there, and as the Mariners, in fact, routed the Twins at the Dome, she she cheered. She wore a Willie Bloomquist jersey that we gave her that I now have and, and treasure, uh, obviously. And she was amazed because she'd never seen a game at any level played in person. And she kept leaning to my wife and to my father and mother and saying, but there's so many people out here. How do I know where to look? How do I know what the count is? Well, there's not that little bar across the, the screen to tell me what's going on. Uh, and she was overjoyed at 92 years of age to see her first baseball game. Baseball can do that for people. It became a, a big part of our relationship, which was always strong but grew even stronger uh, in her late years. And no matter your age, no matter where you came from, baseball can have powers like that over you. So, Grandma, we say goodbye, but it's spring. And that means it's a time of renewal, and now uh, you'll have plenty of baseball to watch wherever uh, you end up. So I wanted to share that very personal story uh, about my grandmother, Elizabeth Edry Wood, 100 years, 77 days old when she passed, and she uh, passed as a giant fan of this grand old game of baseball. Uh, and that's a, a memory, and memories of sharing the game with her that I certainly will treasure forever and ever. So thank you for indulging me a little uh, personal topic as we bid you adieu today. We'll be back next week. We'll have some game action to talk about as the Twins embark on the Grapefruit League schedule tomorrow night. It's the Hot Stove Show, and it's right here on your home for Twin Facebook.
This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.